Hello and welcome back to the FEZ show. It is the 18th of June 2020 and we have a lot to discuss today after Formula E announced that how we will restart the season with a festival of racing in Berlin from the 5th of August to the 13th of August. With me today to discuss how we will restart the season is Jack Pickering and Edward Hunter. Morning boys. Good morning. Yay, I was the only one who uh, called for midweek races last time this came up, so I'm happy at least. <laughs> well, I suppose, yeah, we were ex always expecting midweek races, I think, and um, we've got two sets, so it's not one midweek. So what I thought they might do is they would have um, one, like two sets of races on the weekend and then one midweek race, but instead they've gone the other way. So we've got two midweek races, uh, well, four technically, because we've got four races, two races on Wednesday, two races on Thursday. And then we have uh, one race, which is on the 8th and 9th of August, which is on Saturday and Sunday, like normal, normal doubleheader procedure. So my only thing, Jack, is, is that they've got to be careful with these times. And I know you've been, you've been looking at the sun, you've been looking at the stars, you've been like, okay, when's the sun going to set in Berlin at this time? And, you know, how could Formula E do this so they have enough normal light? Because... You know, that's important because also because if people are at work in August, because, you know, people, normal life's getting back to normal, um, which it makes great sense. But um, if if you're working in on those two midweek races and you're a big Formula E fan, you have a chance of actually missing the race. Yeah, thanks for that, Jack. Um, I, I, I didn't expect that kind of an intro this morning, but... Um... I'm grateful, anyways. No, I, I when when it was first announced, I did uh, I I did have a quick look at like when 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 the sunset was in Berlin, um, in August, and it's looking like it's around twenty past eight is when the sun will eventually go down, and so that means I think that the races will start around about six p.m. Central Euro uh, Central European summer time. Uh, that's because it will be after people have come back from work. But um, but also not too um, but not too late that the sunset will get involved because if they start at seven the sun's really going to be in the driver's eyes um, and also I think Vernon will have to head off like after the sun's gone down so so I think so so I think it does make a bit more sense to have it at six which means a five p.m. European um, uh, a five p.m. start here in the UK uh, I wouldn't say that it's ideal but. Um, but I think that's probably the best case scenario. Um, I was, when it first came out, I was surprised by the two midweek slots. Uh, as you said, I thought they'd do two weekends and then a one set of races in the middle. Um, but the thing is, everyone else has kind of booked their slots already. And, and, with, uh, and with WEC and DTM, uh, which are the two main series that all the Formula E drivers also compete in, it's... Um, uh, they have booked up quite a lot of dates in August, which means that Formula E have had to go down this route and we are actually having a uh, a season finale on a Thursday. Um, I'm not 100% sure about whether this is a good idea or not. I think numbers will diminish, and um, which uh, which is unfortunate. But um, but yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm excited. Uh, regardless, because it's been a long time since Formula E's back, and um, I'm very happy that sports back. I, I I did I did spend a little bit of last night watching the Premier League, but um, but yeah, um, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's fantastic that Formula E's back. They're they're back sooner than I thought they would have been, but 
yeah, I think with the whole midweek races, they've they've just kind of been pushed into a corner there in terms of what they uh, what they can do because most of most of the dates are unfortunately gone. Yeah, and that's the thing, Ed, is that the season finale, like, it's going to be an absolute manic nine days of racing. But the season finale isn't on a Saturday and Sunday where you know you can grab so many eyes and put it on Formula E. Instead, it's on that Wednesday and Thursday. So you're you're losing eyes potentially for you know the big the big finale. Yeah, Thursdays. I think as Douglas Adams used to say, you never get the hang of Thursdays. But yeah, also interesting, Pico. I'm not sure what quite what happens to Vernon after the sun goes down. Does he turn back into a pumpkin or something? But, but yeah, anyway, back to your question, Jack. Um, in in terms of um, yeah, not being on the weekend. I think, like Pico said, it's just a sort of in terms of the other dates all being taken up by other series. We know Formula One have an ambitious plan through July and August uh, to get uh, as many races in as they can. I think DTM have got a similar thing, although non dates clash with what Formula have chosen. That's mainly because Formula, like we say, have chosen all those midweek uh, weekday slots and. Uh, I, you you can sort of see well at least it's not clashing with the other sport but it's like you say it's because it's well most people in European country at least will be at work during those times so it's going to be it's going to be a little difficult I can imagine a lot of people are going to be uh, distracted from their work watching the race yeah because let's face it right so they've got an audience in Europe this is the problem you've got an audience with in Europe which is what we experienced with Saudi Arabia on the Friday Jack but then you've also taken the American audience out of this as well. Because, okay, like six o'clock our time, but they they would have just finished their lunch break in America on the eastern side and central side, maybe central, maybe um, going into their lunch break. So they're in the middle of their working day. So you've you've taken the, that out. If you've got the western, uh, the Pacific side, Australia, I suppose that's very early morning, which I suppose people could wake up for. So the problem is by having these midweek races is that, and the time that it's going to be at, is most of the world who might be wanting to watch the series might not be able to. Whereas if it's on a weekend, at least it's on a weekend, you don't have work to, you know, obviously there will be some people that will be working on the weekend. You can't avoid that. But there should be a less amount of people working on the weekend, you'd assume. So you should be able to get more eyeballs on the actual event. But to have the finale, the season finale, who's going to be the champion? Because it probably will go down to those final two races on the 12th and 13th. And you've got potentially loads of people missing out on that. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I think that uh, I think that will be one of the issues that with uh, with this calendar. But yeah, I think as I said, everything's just kind of been booked up. Uh, I was trying to look. Uh, well, I've I, I have been looking at like the dates that um that uh, that DTM and um and WEC have done. But my yeah, question no, is, should Formula E really, you know, should they care about? Oh, DTM's on that weekend. Oh, Formula One's on that weekend. Should have just gone, look, we're the season finale. It should be on a Saturday and Sunday. It doesn't matter if DTM will start later or, you know, look at the race times. You know, because let's say Formula E normally start late in the evening anyway. So DTM could be finished. Formula One could be finished. So there's still that potential for the eyeballs to come on there rather than saying, oh, DTM have that weekend. So we can't race that weekend. Yes, yes, and I, and and, uh, and and I do think Formula E should have kind of put their foot down. But the thing is, they have also got driver clashes. So like Robin Fryne's racing DTM, uh, we've got tons of drivers who were who also race in WEC. Um, so yeah, and so yeah, I think that 
I think they should have they should have worked around the solution maybe with WEC and and DTM. Uh, I, I I can't the uh, one of the week the only weekend that I can really find when there when there is. The only two weekends I can find when there's nothing on is the eighth, ninth, uh, which is the weekend that we already have, and then there isn't another weekend until um, uh, until the thirtieth. So, um, so yeah, I, I I do think Formula E should have made sure that they had two weekends free that they could have done, but um, yeah, and and, and and yeah, I do find it disappointing because it does mean that not it does mean that not many people are gonna really tune in midweek i think the fact that it's in the evening i think that helps but i think it's i mean a lot lots of people are going to miss it because it's not a traditional day to have racing on yeah and and that's that's going to be the issue it's going to be interesting track changes because they said Ed, that they're going to have three different tracks when i've spoken to the freeze and van dorn and they're they're still hopeful um about these track changes because obviously he said they would be quite boring if we race around one layout but even though former have, have have gone on that we're going to change the track, but their drivers are like, I don't know how they're going to change the track so quickly um, between each event. And obviously whether or not they'll get the tracks, Van Dorn was hopeful that they don't get the tracks. So that means it makes it more exciting because they'd just be turning up on the day with a new track, no simulation data, no practice whatsoever, just go out there and learn the track. But um, so it's going to be interesting to see how these track changes and what tracks they actually use. Indeed, and uh, of course, Formula E saying they're doing their own little our own little competition via Twitter for people to submit their own uh, track layouts uh, via get the template of uh, Temple of Airport and just you just scribble down whatever layout you you would like to see on it and uh, send it our way. But um, but yeah, I'm not not sure how many of those will meet FIA uh, approval. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I guess also there's a, there's in terms of the staff limit, they're only allowed to have. I think it's something like a thousand people on site because of the uh, social distancing requirements. So that could be quite uh, difficult in terms of ha how many of that stuff are going to be marshals and sort of construction workers able to, you know, rearrange bits of the track. Is it just going to be sort of little incremental changes? Maybe we might see. I'm not so sure because they haven't really given any kind of detail about what layouts we're going to see beyond obviously the, uh, you know, the one we've seen last year at Temple Off, which is already a decent layout in my opinion. Uh, another thing we haven't really talked about, I just want to touch on very quickly, is burnout in terms of for the teams and stuff. So, because we obviously it's um, six races in the space of nine days, it's just over a week. So, I could easily see if um, some of the teams, uh, because obviously it's a long period of you know lockdown and not being able to do anything, and then suddenly you've got to cram all of this in. I, I think it could put a lot of strain on them. Um, a lot of the mechanics and especially if they have to do like say their driver crashes out for every race they've got to do a repair job for the next one really quickly as well so you can see that sort of scenario playing out yeah and um the thing the thing for me is uh jack is the you know could we go back to the first layout you know could they go a bit traditional and say look remember this first layout that we had in berlin in season one you could take you could bring that back because obviously that met fia standards at the time so that would be cool to bring back so you're going to have the new track the old track that we went to which would be pretty cool and then they make one new track yeah uh yeah that's that's uh that's definitely a possibility i think what they will do is they'll keep the pit lane the same and maybe like the first and last corners and then design uh, the rest of the track around it just because it will just be too much hassle just to move the pit lane around all the time so 
Um, so yeah, I reckon that they'll keep start finish rate the same, and then they will change everything else else about the track. I think that uh, the, the, there is a possibility that we could go back to the season one track. Um, and actually, I did quite like that track. I, I I quite like the way it looked. I know that it didn't produce fantastic racing, but um, yeah, no, I I I did like the way that that one looked. Um, Oh, interesting. I thought Yano truly was the only one who liked that layout, Jack. <laughs> I think definitely um, with with the competition that we're running, if um if if, if Formula e do want to get involved and get one of our layouts on there, that's great. Yeah, but um uh but, but yeah, just to elaborate on that competition, go to Twitter, uh, download the Temple of Temple Hoff layout, um, and then just just design your own layout on uh, on the apron, and if we think yours is within like one of the top three tracks. We're going to feature it on the first show of next week's uh, FUZ show. So, yeah, do, yep. so you've, get, you've do get involved Monday. on Twitter. Yeah, you've got till Monday. Get involved. It's been amazing, absolutely amazing, Jack, to see how many people have already got involved in that. Um, it's been absolutely splendid. And hopefully, you know, if you haven't done it yet, you've still got an opportunity to, to do so. Um, but what I want to talk about uh, now is sort of, there's this debate, right? There's a lot of debate at the moment about whether or not Formula E in this period should have gone to real tracks to finish the season or if they should have just done what they're doing right now and staying on street circuits. And I feel like Formula E are being pressured quite heavily um, into racing on actual circuits. Ed. And personally, for me, I don't think that's the way Formula E should go. And I, so and I asked Van Dorn and I asked the Freeze, you know, did they have any sort of say? Because if you have a look at sport at the moment, you know, NBA players, basketball, you know, they're having a lot of say in terms of what happens um, and, you know, who, what family they can bring to Orlando when they, when they return to basketball. The baseball in America as well, you know, huge talks over pay there and, and how they're going to restart. Every sport, football in the UK and around the world, you know, how's it going to restart? Players saying, you know, I'm not too happy with that situation. So then I asked, I asked the drivers and said, you know, were Formula E in contact with you about, you know, what you wanted to do? Did you want to race in Berlin and in this situation that we have now? Or, or were you happy with going to race on, on different tracks? And what the Friesen Van Dorn said, who we spoke to this week, said, you know, no, you know, they, we didn't really have much contact with Formula E, but, you know, we didn't really want to go and race on actual circuits because that is not what Formula E is about, which I thought was interesting because obviously the drivers obviously have embraced this, you know, what Formula E is, it's about racing on street circuits and they're happy to keep that. But from the outside, there is so much pressure on Formula E to experiment and use actual, actual circuits. Yeah, possibly. Uh, in terms of your point about the uh, drivers, um, whether they have as much influence as uh, the main star, biggest stars, like you know, football players in, in other sports, I'm not so sure. I feel like the teams definitely have a have a say, and we've seen that before. But I'm not sure because I remember a few seasons ago, a lot of drivers were calling for Monaco to use the full layout for Formula E, the GP layout, and basically the teams overall because they thought for some bizarre reason, that uh, the really short layout that had nowhere to overtake made for better racing. But uh, I kind of disagreed with the team, team principles on that, but uh, there we go. I think we do hear it a lot, especially from uh, fans of other areas of the sport, like especially Formula One, and you hear it like, I think you were mentioning the race, uh, before we went on air, that the race did a podcast 
that was bringing this up, but they were calling for Formula to use more traditional racing circuits. I honestly feel like that's more of a minority, a very vocal kind of minority. And I feel like most of the fans of Formula are actually do enjoy the street circuits because that's one of the whole unique selling points of Formula They can race in these places that uh, other championships can't go to. And obviously, because we're in COVID-19 situation at the moment, city centre is not really the safest place to be because that's how you spread uh, infection very quickly. And Berlin Tempelhof is a sort of unique solution to that because there's it's sort of an area city centre, but it's kind of uh, separate because it's basically you know an airport or an abandoned airport. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's my, my opinions. Um, Jack, so what's your opinions? Like, because... You know, racing on real circuits, we, you know, we talked about it, about Valencia and Portimino, and you, we, we said it might be interesting to see how that, how that comes about. But I thought it was interesting that the driver said that they didn't have that much contact with Formula E about how, you know, the season would be restarted. Yeah, uh, I think, uh, well, my, my opinion is, is that I feel that they should have finished this season on... A uh, on a proper circuit. Uh, I, I, uh, as I said in the first episode, we should do a couple of races at, uh, at Berlin and then go to Valencia. Um, I think what they've done now, staying in the same place, I think it will work dates wise. I mean, like we've already spoken about it, when I'm not 100% sure on it, but um, but yeah, no, I would have I would have liked seeing a, a, a Valencia race because I mean, if, if you are going to try it, try it now. Um, but no, I think the whole ethos of Formula E is to stay on street circuit. So this is this would have been my only exception to see like a proper circuit on the calendar, um, and then and then season seven go back to go back to normal street circuits like like like, like we usually do. But I would have liked to see a Valencia, a Portimao, a some a somewhere else, maybe even a uh, Donny Park. But um, but yeah, I think uh, I think what they've done is probably the best decision because they're staying in one place. And I think that's the best thing that Formula E can do right now. Yeah, it's just interesting because obviously for me, like the DNA of the series is 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 um is city centres. And you know, a lot of people might argue, well we go to Mexico. And you know, that's a that's a that's a permanent circuit. Yes, you are right, that is a permanent circuit, but it's bang in the middle of Mexico City. It's not like a Silverstone where it's in the middle of nowhere or another track which is in the middle of nowhere. You know, it is right in the city centre. Like if we went to Interlagos, it's pretty, you know, it's bangs, it's it's very populated around Sao Paulo. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty much in the city centre. So if we went to Interlagos, it would count. So those sort of tracks, I except for us to race on, which are permanent tracks, because they are in the city centre. Like, it still meets Formula's ethos, but just travelling to any track, just for the sake of, you know, doing a race, is really out of FE, um, is, yeah, really out of Formula's comfort zone, I would say. And I, I don't know if Formula should be, you know, push, actively pursuing racing on, on tracks where, you know, going against their ethos of bringing the race to the people because that's what Formula E is about it's about bringing the race to the people not the people coming to the race that's what they said at the beginning of season one that's what they stand for and it was interesting as I said talking to Van Dorn and the Freeze that they they believed that and they said that's something that Formula E should keep doing I want to move on to Audi though have a little bit of a chat about Audi because we were talking about the calendar just not too long ago and obviously not clashing with DTM now I have a feeling and you know, Rene Rass, Rene Rass is testing this Audi car 
and obviously he'd be driving in DTM and there was a lot of speculation if Formula E would clash with the DTM race on the 13th and 14th, which they have not done. So therefore, you know, Rast is going to have a busy, if he does sign for Audi, um, Ed, he's going to have a busy week because he's going to be racing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So he's going to have five days of racing, which I'm sure he's delighted about, to be honest with you, because if I was a racing driver, I'm pretty sure I'd be delighted about racing pretty much every day of the week. But he might be tired to come Monday morning. But um, I have a feeling, I, I'm not saying Formula E have put the season finale on a Wednesday and Thursday just so Rast can drive in the Audi car. But I think, I think that's quite interesting. Yeah, it's, it's certainly in terms of logistically, it seems to work out. Uh, it would work out okay for Rast if Audi do sign him. Well, it ifs and buts here, but um, it's, it's strongly rumoured that he's the one they're looking at at the moment. Uh, in I guess in terms of having to do all that quite quickly, it, it helps him also in terms of track time because he hasn't tested the Audi yet, apart from like I think one private test that Audi have done during the lockdown at the moment. With I think Degrassi may have been involved as well what I read and um, I think apart from that the last time Rast actually raced a Formula E car was of course back at uh, also in Berlin but at Karl Marx Elite during the second season when they, when they raced literally in the city centre which of course they couldn't do at the moment not because of the pandemic but because uh, the Green Party voted them out of there but, um, but anyway um, yeah it'd be I think it'd be really interesting to see how, how quickly Rast adapts whether he might be quite a bit race resty during the first race and then by the final race in Berlin with the season finale, whether on that Thursday he's suddenly up to speed and suddenly getting the most out of the Audi, which of course we know from what we see previous in the season wasn't exactly class of the field in terms of we saw Degrassi struggling to qualify it particularly high up. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if over the break Audi have been able to, obviously they wouldn't have been able to develop that much, but whether they've uh, closed the gap or not to some of the other teams. Yeah, what do you think, Jack? Like, obviously... I- you know, Rast, I think, is testing the car again at the beginning of July, so in a couple of weeks' time. I think he is testing the um, the Audi car again. And I think it's the season seven. So it's not this season's car. I think it is uh, next season's car. They're doing another couple of uh, season seven uh, testing. Do you see him, you know, if he does do well in these couple of races, do you think Audi will stick with him and, and, and that's it? You know, you'll be the grassy and Audi going into season seven? Or do you think... You know, he'll finish off this season and Audi have got such a wealth of drivers that, you know, they could evaluate other drivers um, in the off-season and maybe pick someone else. Yeah, I think that Rast is the option that they're going to go for. I think he he, he was hotly tipped uh, just like hours after Apt, uh, hours after Apt was given the chop. Rene Rast was the hot tip, I think, uh, I think it was. It was him... Uh, Muller, Trines, and Kevin van der Linde. I think they they were the only four options that Audi could have done. Um, uh, I think I, I think Frines will stay on at Envision Virgin if um, if Rask gets the seat. Um, Nico Muller, I think he needs another few seasons in that Dragon to like properly get up to speed in Formula E. We, we've we've seen we've seen good things from him so far. He had a seventh in Mexico City qualifying, but. Um, but yeah, he, I I feel like he still needs to. I I think Rene Rast. He, he's a two-time DTM champion. Uh, we didn't see his full potential in season two um, in Berlin, and so I think that this. I think this is the time. I think, I think that Berlin in August will be the litmus test for him to see what how well he does in a works car. Even though the car, as we've discussed, is far from Audi's finest. Um, I think I think what we will see 
uh, in Berlin is Rast see it, uh, Rast see how quick he can get up to speed in um, in the car. He's he's got six races to prove himself, so I reckon he should have enough track time by the end of it. Yeah, as I said, it's all speculation at the moment, but it's it's increasingly. Um, you know, it's one of the questions that we ask the most, who's going to be in that Audi seat and who's going to be in that Mahindra seat, Ed? And, you know, for me, I, f- I feel like it's Rast is pretty much nailed on now. Obviously, Calvin van der Lind was also tipped, but it looks definitely more like Rast. Who's, you know, I, having a look at Calvin van der Lind's, like, career and what he's driven, he's mainly just driven, like, GT cars. He's, he's come up through the ranks through GT, whereas Rast has obviously done, a, obviously, a lot of DTM experience as well, but he's got a bit of single-seater experience. So maybe that's one of the main reasons why, um, you know, Audi are favouring Rast over Kelvin van der Linde at this uh, moment in time. I think it might well just also just be because he's more, he's a bit older than some of the other drivers that he's been testing and he's more experienced. Although I did find it interesting that before the whole app situation, uh, the, uh, they hadn't put Rast in any of the, um, of course they couldn't because he did the, race for Team Aguri in season two, like I said. But uh, but they were testing Van der Linde and uh, Ma- Mattia Drudy in the uh, young driver test at Marrakesh. Uh, maybe just to evaluate them and see how they would go, which is, which is cool. So Audi have got a lot of options, and I think it's, it's going to be up to Alan McNish and the Audi board, really, to pick uh, whoever they see uh, fits them best. And the fact that they've been testing RAS so much, like you say, strongly suggests that that's who they're going for. Um, as for Mahindra, it'd be interesting. I personally think they might go with a safe pair of hands to see out the season. Like Nick Heidfeld, he's German as well, so he'll fit in well at Berlin. And I think they might evaluate someone else for season seven. Yeah, I think for Mahindra, it's, I, it's either Sam Dion or Nick Heidfeld. Makes sense putting Nick Heidfeld in the car because he is the reserve driver. Like He, he still travels to every race pretty much. And he's, he's still there just giving guidance and, and having a look at you know the car and the team. So... He's there, I think it makes sense to put him in the car. I don't think he'll be there for season seven unless, you know, he does an amazing job in in these six races that we have, Jeff. And then he decides, well, Dillbag and, and Mahindra decide and Heitfeld's happy to um, race again in season seven. That would be one hell of a story. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think uh, the general consensus is that Nick Heitfeld will be in that seat in, in Berlin. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I, I strongly think he won't be in that seat in season seven unless he goes out and wins at least two of those six races i reckon uh that they will choose someone else for uh for season seven uh we, we we've touted many drivers on this show we've touted ollie turvey we've touted sergey sorotkin um uh we we, we we we've half mentioned daniel apt but um yeah i don't think um i don't think apt to be on the grid next season but um but yeah, no, that it, it's obviously going to be Mahindra's decision when uh, when it comes to it. Season seven still half a year away, so um, so yeah, they've uh, they've they've got a they've got a small time period. They've they, they've probably got another two or three months to decide who they want in that seat. Um, but yeah, no, I think when it comes to Berlin, it will be Nick Heidfeld, and unless he does exceptionally well in these races in Berlin, he won't be on the grid in season seven. But it'll be yeah. a nice little send-off for him. No, of course. It'll be, you know, six races. He probably never thought he was going to do um, old quick Nick. But the last thing I want to talk about before we uh, wrap up the show is, you know, we were talking about it earlier in terms of the, you know, actual tracks and, and the peer pressure 
that um, Formula E is under to sort of become Formula One in a sense. And, I, you know, Agag is, Alejandro Agag is still, you know, saying that, you know, a future F1 and Formula E merger in the future could be something that happens. And honestly, I think Formula E need to, and I think the drivers that are in the series now would agree, and, and especially from who we've speaking to, spoken to so far, um, that, you know, they want to make a clear differentiation between Formula One and Formula E and, and let them go off in their own directions. But Agat keeps trying to bring them together and say, hey, we th these two series can merge. And, you know, if Formula E are stamping their ground and saying right now, Ed, that, you know, we're racing on street tracks, we're not going to go to actual tracks. But if we were to merge with Formula One, then we'd be going away from that and say, you know, We'll, we'll race on actual tracks. But I don't know, what's your opinion on a Formula One, Formula E merger? For me, I think Formula E should stay well clear and do their own thing and be their own championship rather than thinking of potentially merging with Formula One just because people want them to. Yeah, and one of the things that Agag kind of mentioned as a sort of caveat to what he was saying is, oh, well, we have an exclusive 25-year license and anything the sort of connects us to Formula One at the moment is the fact that John Malone and sort of who basically heads up both Liberty Global and Liberty Media basically effectively is the majority shareholder of both Formula E and Formula One in terms of the companies that own them uh, and control them. Uh, so that would be the only reason why they, they might merge, I think. Uh, into, but it does have an exclusive license uh, from a, a gang's point of view. He's got no... He hasn't got, especially right now, not a huge amount of uh, motivation to really push for that. And so it was interesting that he's even commented on it at all. I guess it must have just been a question that came up at the um, FIA uh, thing they had recently. And um, and uh, it's, it always feels to me like a gag uh, likes, to, likes to have formally be the centre of attention. I don't know, that he will say certain things like this. That, oh, maybe maybe one day Formula Formula One could merge. I, I know Vern said the same thing too, not too long ago. But to me, I, I think he said things like this before. Do you remember a couple of seasons ago where he said, "Oh, Formula, we're going to change Donald Trump's mind about climate change." And I don't think they've even uh, made too much progress on on that front. But that felt like a gag, sort of trying to be topical and uh, trying to engage people there. I don't know. It just seems to me like a. Uh, not, not like something Gaga said, but with not a whole amount of substance to it at, at the present moment. Yeah, I suppose Formula E have been one of those who have said some things that you're like, why are you saying that? Because you can never actually achieve that. But honestly, Jack, I think this is something they should stay away from. Um, I don't think, I think Formula One, you know, is here to stay. Formula One is Formula One, right? Imagine 2050, right? There is no Formula One. What are we going to call it? Formula E1? I don't know. <laughs> That's what my mum calls Formula E, the Formula E one. So, you know, you know, I don't think that's going to go down. And obviously, like, hopefully in 2040, 2050, we're still alive and kicking. Um, but, you know, the, the, even the historic people, like, who we will be one day, will be pretty annoyed if, if there's a merger. I think these are two really strong championships that can Formula One can progress in its own way and Formula E can continue to progress in its own way. And we've got you know, different races to watch. If you merge them together, you're losing at least a racing series that you could watch on the weekend. Yeah, I'm not sure if we're going to be taking bets in, on who's or on which one of us three is going to be around in um, 2040, 2050. But, um, but yeah, no, I think for me, definitely not merging merging them. Um, I don't... 
with with form, Formula E and Formula One are two completely different things, and they should stay that way at least for the next twenty five years. Um, so yeah, I don't see either of them changing. But uh, and uh, as I've said uh, a couple of times before, maybe have a diesel electric kind of thing for 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 Formula One, so so that it isn't still uh, so, so that it isn't completely the same as Formula E. But um. But yeah, no, I think those two should stay different and at least until around 2040, 2050. If, if, if it does get to that point and, uh, and they do seem to be heading towards a merger, then so be it. I mean, uh, there's, the, the, there's not going to be much that us three can do. I'm, 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 I'm no offense in any way to you two, but I don't think there's going to be anything that us three are going to be able to do if, if those two do merge in, uh, in years to come. But no, um, I think that I think that they should stay rather separate. I think. We, we I could be running Formula E here. We could be running it. It could be our baby. We could have, we could have taken over. We could have taken actually, over. Actually, I would actually, I, I would actually vote for Jack to to like actually own Formula E. Yeah, I see? think I, I think he's got some good ideas. I've got so. big big business brain here. Big business show. <laughs> Old FEZ show. We we know what we're talking about. We run this sport. <laughs> Us three well, come on. in London and Oxford. How many how many times have we said something on this show and then Formula E did something very similar to what we just said? Fair point. Well, they do what Mr. Pickering says. They don't seem to be interested in what I have to say. But <laughs> I seem to be the odd one out, out of us three. Well, yeah, no, I, I've I've got the track record of um of uh, naming the race home winners before um <laughs> before they happen. So well, I don't think that is what they're looking at. But the race at home championship, in terms of we were pushing for it, and then it eventually came. Yeah. Um, some of the ideas of changing things um in the race at home championship then happened after we discussed it on the show. So. We we, 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 are gen- we we are genuinely we going to design. We are genuinely going to design this Berlin track, aren't we? Yeah, we're going to design oh, it. We're going to put it on the internet, and then that's going to be the oh. track lads. So let's end oh, the show here. God. I think that's the show because you know you. What we've realised is that you have the chance to actually build the Berlin pre track. So you know, do as you will. Make sure it's as best as you possibly can. Only you can save Formula. <laughs> Only you can design a Formula E track. So there we go. Boys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Oh, cheers, Jack. Let's not get too big-headed here. Let's end it. <laughs> well, um, but just a few housekeeping. Remember, we have a new Twitch channel. There will be a link in the thing there or in the description. That's the thing. Um, so come and join us. We should be streaming some R Factor 2 later today. So come and join us. Um, also, there'll be a link to the Discord channel. And please remember to like and subscribe. Thank you so much. You've been watching the FEZ Show. We will see you next week. Goodbye.